when I stand before the throne in Him complete. What a day that's going to be. But until then, we're going to keep moving forward for the Lord. And tonight, Romans 14. Free to help, not free to hinder. That's the title of my message tonight. And we're going to look at this tonight. Does anyone need a handout tonight? Everyone good? Got what they need? If you need a handout, Ben's back there right now. He'll help anybody. Everyone else is good? I think we're good. So, anyone, everyone's got them? All right, I think we're good. Romans chapter 14. We're going to go down to verse number 12 and read the rest of the chapter. We're going to dive in and see some things tonight from this passage that I hope will be a help to you tonight. And I, two weeks ago, we started talking in this passage. I felt like some, I was saying, well, we're free in Christ, but then we need to be careful of some other things. This Tonight's going to help tie all that together and help us see what the Bible has to say. Look at verse number 12 of Romans chapter 14, and this is very important. The Bible says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. That's why you don't need to worry about anybody else tonight, okay? Don't worry about anybody else or what they're doing or how they are. Worry about yourself because you're not going to give an account to God for them. You're going to give an account to God for yourself. Verse 13, it says, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Wow, sounds like what I was just saying, right? But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat... Now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man which eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Father, I need your help tonight. This is another one of those passages that we look at. And I love the book of Romans. I was just telling a, yesterday, someone asked me, what's your favorite book of the Bible? And I used to, I have my favorite Old Testament, I have my favorite New Testament. But real close, the book of Romans is right up there now. And I thank you for it. But I also know before I ever started this series that there were passages and verses as we go through here that I'm like, whew, those are going to be some tough ones to go through. And tonight, not that this is tough, but more help me be able to communicate 
what it says. That's my prayer. Help me not to be confused, people. Help me not to lay a stumbling block for anybody by what's said tonight. But help it be what you would have for us to guide us through this passage tonight. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible comes from Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And what this verse tells us in the book of Galatians, if you understand the book of Galatians, this verse lets us know that we're free from the bondage of the law. You see, as believers and as followers of Jesus Christ tonight, we are not to allow ourselves to be forced under a set of rules devised by a man. Now, this is, that's what, this is a clear condemnation of what legalism is. Because there are many people that say, this is what you have to do. No, 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 no. That's where we get into trouble, where we set the standard, and pastors get in trouble in this area, where we say, this is how you need to live your life. Last time I checked, and I'm still sure of this tonight, I am not your Holy Spirit. And thank God I'm not your Holy Spirit tonight, okay? Thank God I got enough things to worry about for myself. It's not my job to tell you how you have to live. It's my job to show you God's Word and say, this is God's Word, these are God's principles, and then the Spirit of God needs to tell you, oh, this is what you need to do. That's the Spirit's job. We have a lot of churches and a lot of pastors, well-meaning people, that decide to be the Holy Spirit for their church. And you can't do this. You can't do this. If you do this this way, you're not a good Christian. Last time I checked, I don't set the standard of what a good Christian is. That's not my job. That's not some other pastor's job. Your, my job is to point you to Jesus Christ and for the Spirit of God as the preaching of the Word is given to you for the Spirit of God to say, hey, you shouldn't do that. You have to have it built inside of you. It's got to come from the Lord. We don't need legalism today. When we come to Jesus Christ, we have been set free. The Bible says in John 8, 36, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We are free to live for God as the Spirit of God leads us to. In other words, there is no place for legalism in God's church. We are free to live for God. In Jesus Christ, we have liberty. That's what we read a minute ago, correct? The word liberty means, first, the condition of being free from restriction or control. A lot of times churches like to put and have restriction and control of you. It's not my job to control you. I can't even control myself. Why am I going to try and control you? And a lot of you wouldn't be controlled anyways, and that's a good thing. But that's the first definition. The second definition is the right and power to act, believe, or express oneself in a manner of one's choosing. And there are those who hear, all right, I'm free to do whatever I please hold it there. Don't go that far. That's not what I said. In Christ, you are free. But you also got to understand something, that just because you are free and you have a right to live as God leads you doesn't mean you can do whatever you please. The Bible sets clear commands on things. There is no middle ground on it. 
The Bible says and talks about that you should not get drunk. That's a Bible command. There is no excuse, and no one should ever, well, I'm free to do what I want. I'm going to go get drunk tonight. It is a clear command in God's word. It is a sin to get drunk. I'm going to go commit adultery. I'm free to do as I please. No, sir, that's another one of those. God is against adultery. God is against fornication. The Bible is clear-cut in those areas. There's no way to get around that. You cannot pick and choose with those. Those are set in stone. But there are other areas that are gray areas. In this passage here, you'll notice that Paul talks about meat. There were some Jews that believed that all meat was clean now and they could eat it. There were Gentiles that came out of their pagan roots. And some of the cheap meat around was the meat that had been sacrificed to an idol. So the Jew thought the meat was okay to eat because I'm free to eat the meat. The Gentiles like, that was from an idol and you have no business eating that meat. And you see there's an argument between the two. And at the end of the day, eating meat is a neutral thing. The Bible does say, I would say, I'm just going to put what the Bible says, you're kind of weak if you don't eat meat. Didn't the Bible say that? That was found right there. So that is the truth. So just go eat a steak every once in a while, okay? And sometimes your blood numbers might be low, and you, I need more iron. Just go eat a big piece of steak. You'll help yourself out, okay? Meat is good. God made meat for, and thank God they made meat. But for those of you that don't love it as much, you eat all your vegetables, and I'll eat your meat for you, and we'll make a good balance between the two of us. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 12, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. What Paul says right here is that he can do anything he wants to do, but he does his best to avoid things that bring him, that take control of him. The only thing that should have control of a child of God is the Spirit of God. No earthly thing should have control of us. And Paul says, this might be lawful for me, but there are certain things that I just don't do, so I'm not brought under the power of it. And as we look, we'll dive deep into this tonight. And, that would, and there are things that are mentioned here that we see, and that would be, you know, it's a good one here. We talk about alcohol. Many people get sucked down that road and drink. And what happens is it takes control of you, and you need to drink more and more and more. And Paul says, there are things I will not do so I don't get taken, have that have power over me. That's what he's talking about right here. And you could apply that to lots of areas. Now, there are certain things, as I talked about my weight loss and things, there were certain areas and certain things, sugar or Dr. Pepper, certain things that had control of me. And it might not have been being drunken, but it's not much different. I don't need something in my life to have control over me. I need the Spirit of God to have control. We'll talk more about that maybe here in a few minutes. Now, we also see in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse number 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. 
we see here that Paul says again, he makes a statement that he can do anything he wants to do, but he is to avoid those things that do not edify. The word edify here means to build up or to promote growth in Christ. Paul says he has liberties. There are areas in the Christian life, there are areas in the Christian life that there is a yes and no from God, okay? They're direct and clear. There's no room for anything to budge on that. But there are areas in the Christian life that are okay, that the Bible doesn't talk about. Now, I'm going to give you, I'll give you an example. And if you want to crucify me for saying this, you can do, I grew up in a church. If you ever went to the movie house, you were a wicked sinner. I went one time till I was 20-something years old. And that's because my older brother took me to see Jungle Book when my parents didn't know about it. And he got in trouble for that when they found out. Jungle Book was the one thing that I saw. That's how my church believed. That was one of the rules that they had. Like it, whatever else, that's just what it was. Does the Bible say anywhere that it is wrong to go watch a movie? No, it does not. Does the Bible talk about what you put before your eyes? So the type of movie you watch matters. It does. But... That's not one of those things that I could look at and say, it's wrong for you to do. God has to talk to you and speak to you. That's one of those, it's not a right or a wrong. Now, if the Lord wants you not to go see a movie, and you go, you are wrong. Because the Spirit of God convicted you, and you went against what God told you to do. Because it's not, if it's not done in faith, it's sin, correct? We'll talk deeper in that in a few minutes. But as we look at these things, when we look at the edifying, go deeper into it, while we live, while we are free to live for the Lord without restrictions from the law or man-made rules and regulations, we are to on, we only free to do those things which help build up others. And we've got to be careful about these things. Pa what Paul's trying to do is he wants to convey in these verses that he knows that we're free. We've been set free in Jesus Christ, but we have a duty to our fellow believers. As we live our lives, we also have our brothers and sisters around us. And we have to be careful. Paul makes a few other statements in Galatians 5 and verse 13 and 14. and says, For brethren, we have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So thank God tonight we are free from the law and we're free in Jesus Christ. But I want you to understand something as we look at this. We must never forget that though we are free and have been set free in Jesus Christ, that the things that we do, there are people who see those things. And I never want to do something that's going to hinder someone and their walk for God. Number one, as we dive in tonight, number one, we see our Christian liberty interpreted. We see our Christian liberty interpreted. After you write that down, you write down letter A. Some things are perfectly neutral. Verse 14, it says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. I talked about the controversy in the Roman church was whether or not it was right for a Christian to eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols. That's what's going on here. 
One group said it was wrong, and the other group said it was okay. And in order to clarify this, what does Paul say? You look at verse number 14, he makes it clear, there is nothing in itself of this matter unclean. There is nothing wrong with this meat to eat it. That's what he says right here, okay? Do you see that there? A chunk of meat is perfectly neutral. There is no right or wrong there, okay? That's what Paul's trying to say. But as we look at this, you've got to understand, does meat, can, can meat do evil things? Well, I guess if you eat bad meat, you can do evil things to your stomach, but that's another story for another time. Um, no, meat is not good and meat is not evil. It doesn't kill, it doesn't still, it's neutral. You take a dollar bill, for instance. Is there anything wrong with a dollar bill? No. It's neutral. There is not a problem with a dollar bill. But what does the Bible tell us? The love of money is the root of all evil. That doesn't make money evil. The money in itself is a neutral thing. So it is with everything we come in contact with in life. Nothing material is evil in and of itself. It is what we do with that thing that has the potential to make it evil. Does that make sense tonight? And so the Bible tells us in, math, in Mark 7, 15, there is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. Do you get the idea? The understanding of this is the things in this material world in and of itself are not the problem. Is there anything wrong with the internet tonight? No. What do you use it for? Then there could be bad. The internet is not bad in and of itself. But what do you use it for? Think on those things. That's what we're talking about tonight. As we look here and we look a little deeper and dive in here. And, as, and you know, we look, and we got to understand, I'm not talking about pornography. We know that's wrong. It's wicked, and you should set no wicked thing before your eyes. That's already set in God's standard. There is no liberty to look at all the pornography you want to, okay? There's no, nothing there about getting drunk, all these things. Clearly, things forbidden in Scripture have no place in a Christian's life. But as we look here, we see this was a matter of meat. Some people thought the meat was bad, and some people thought the meat was good. And in and of itself, there was nothing wrong with the meat. Letter B. We see some things are plainly spiritual. Verse number 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. What does Paul tell us here? Hey, the Christian life is not a list of do's and don'ts. Some people have this idea, they get saved, and now there's a list, I can do this, I can't do this, and I can do this, and do all that. That's not what it's about. You've got to understand, and when you look at it, and you look at Christianity, is not about what you're doing or what you are not doing. It's about living in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about the spiritual matters of things. And you see that right there. It's not about if you eat a steak or if you eat shrimp. Or if you're against doing either one of those. 
Or if you want to make a holy day of Saturday, or if you want your holy day to be Tuesday. It's not, that's not the Christian life. That's not what sets the Christian life. The Christian life is not defined by the do's and don'ts of these rituals or the tasks that you lay out before yourself. What makes the Christian life, we see right here, is righteousness. It's peace and joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. It's spiritual matters that matter. And as we think about this, the Bible is clear. There are some things that are off limits to a child of God, but we need to understand that the don'ts of Christianity, they're there for our protection. Hey, Christian, don't get drunk. God's just taking away all my fun. No, God knows how many homes have been ruined by drunkenness. God knows what happened to Noah's family because Noah got drunk from his vineyard. God knows what happened a lot when his girls got him drunk. And God says, hey, don't get drunk. God's looking to protect you just like you look to protect your children. But you've got to understand something. And when we look at these things and we think about it, and we think about spiritual things, when Jesus is on the throne room of a person's life, that person will want to live for Christ. It's not my job to go to a Christian and say, if you're going to be a good Christian, you have to live your life like this. You have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. And as you grow in the Lord, you're going to want to be more like him. That's a natural process of being a Christian. The more time you spend in God's word, the more time you're in those things, you're going to want, and if you're saved, at the end of the day, you're going to want to please God. And when we sometimes, this is where people get turned off to Christianity, because we have our list of do's and don'ts. When we impose a list of rules on people that God never intended for anyone to keep, we leave the Bible and we enter that realm of legalism. And in our Baptist circles today, there are a lot of my Baptist friends and those that I've grown up around that they are entangled tonight by their preference and their legalism, and they leave the Word of God, and you could listen to a message, and there's 45 minutes of a message, and 35 minutes is their preference and their opinion on how you need to live, and they leave the Word of God for very little time. There's something wrong with that. The Word of God will help you and grow you. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. The all scriptures given by inspiration of God, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's what we need. And, but the tendency that happens is we start living that way of following all these rules. We look at others and we're like, they're not as spiritual as I am because they don't follow those same rules that I do. And that's where we get in trouble because your rules are not the standard of what a good Christian is. Jesus Christ is the standard of what a good Christian is. He's the only standard. And when you start marking your success as a Christian by the things you do and don't do, you're going to run into trouble. A lot of trouble. Some things are plainly spiritual. Then thirdly, letter C, some things are patently, some things are individual. Patently individual. Verse 14 says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. The idea here is, get this, 
you have to settle with the Holy Spirit of God what is right for you to do and what is not right for you to do. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2 and verse number 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more my absence. Look what it says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now we know that Paul wasn't telling them they had to work their way to heaven. You get in the book. You figure out how to live the Christian life. And let the Spirit of God tell you what you and your family are supposed to do. That's what it's talking about. The Holy Spirit of God will teach you better than you could ever do. The Spirit of God can teach you and convict your heart more than I could ever help you. you got to understand that tonight. We look, and when preachers start thinking their big stuff and their message is really important, no, the Spirit of God's the one who does the work. And if the Spirit of God's not working, He's not doing His thing, we're in trouble. We need the Spirit of God directing us and helping us in these areas in our lives. And it's so important. And He'll teach us things. And you think about this, just because He tells me it's okay for me to do something. I'm not to flaunt that in front of some other brother. So someone feels strongly that the Lord convicted them they're never supposed to eat a piece of meat. And they feel the Holy Spirit's convicted them they will not eat meat because God has told them they're going to do, do the Daniel fast. Have you heard of people doing the Daniel fast and things like that? And let's say that's what they decided to do. I'm just throwing that out because it was a thought that I had. I don't need to bring a big steak up and say, you're so dumb. God made this for you to eat. And there's something wrong with you that you won't eat this. If God convicts them that they need to do something, it is not my job to flaunt my liberty in front of them. That's not being a good brother or sister in Christ. That's what we see in the passage as we look here. And so as we look at these things and go deeper into them, we see number one tonight, and we're almost out of time. I'm running out of time, but this happens. Our Christian liberty interpreted. Number two, we'll see if we get through number two or if we have to stop here and come back. Number two, we see our Christian liberty illustrated. Our Christian liberty illustrated. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I see letter A. We are to show compassion to our brother and sisters in the Lord. Look at verse 13 and verse number 15. It says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And look at verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Hey, where is your love that you're supposed to be known for in this? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Christ loves this person. Christ has been there. And as we think about this, Paul says that when we exercise our liberties in Christ and defends our brother, we are not walking in love with that brother. In fact, we cease to live for the Lord. Remember, what did Jesus say? How shall all men know that you're my disciples? John 13, 35. If you love one another. Not if you carry a King James Bible to church, have your hair parted just like pastor does, have a tapered haircut, wear a suit to church. That's not, it says if you have love one for another. That's how people know you're a follower of Christ. And so when we think about this, the problem is, this is the problem with most believers tonight, myself included. We are completely 
self-centered. The overriding thought is, does this please me? Do I want to do this? And the sad fact is, the question that I should ask myself with others is, will this hurt my brother or sister? Will someone take this the wrong way and be offended? Will this ruin or disturb my brother's walk with the Lord? I don't want to be a stumbling block for another Christian. People have enough struggles on their own without me being a stumbling block for them in their Christian life. Letter B. We see we are to make a contribution to our brother. Verse number 19, look at what it says there. It says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. When we are considering doing something that we know is right for us, there's some questions that we should ask, and the people you do it with. Is this action going to cause peace or division? Will my brother in Christ grow by seeing me do this? Or is this going to stunt their growth? And we got to be very careful about these things. And you got to be careful that we don't allow our liberties to hinder the church as a whole or an individual member in particular. You know, I am a firm believer, and people might have a different opinion than this. I do not believe a church needs to have a dress code. I don't have on the door what you have to wear when you walk into this place. Now, if you are going to sing, or if you're going to do certain things, there is a dress code for you. Those are different things. But in general, we should not have a list of rules where someone, you have to do this and you have to abide by this. But the question that should come down to to each Christian that comes to church is what I wear pleasing to God. Is what I wear going to cause anyone to stumble by what I wear? You see the difference? We don't need a list of rules on the door on what to wear to church. We need God's people who are sensitive to the Spirit of God and ask God, is this going to hinder someone's walk with God? Are they going to be able to pay attention? Are they going to watch me bouncing up and down the aisle? And that's happened in the past. And that's not right. And that's not right of someone to look either. There's both two sides of that whole thing. But if you'd ask yourself, is God pleased with what I wear to his house? Am I going to cause someone else to stumble by what I wear? Do you see the difference? you see how our attitude should be? Our attitude is not, let's make a list of rules. No, the attitude should be, we should let the Spirit of God help us in the decisions that we make and what we wear. That would be a great way to live. But we need to make a contribution, not be a stumbling block to those around us. And when we think on these things, the same could be said of so many different things. There might be, we could talk, we'd go down any area you want to go down. There are people that say that um, I grew up, the way I grew up was you only listen to Christian music and you listen to nothing else. And they had some verses and things that they had for that stuff. And so I know there are some people that all they listen to is Christian music. For the most part, still to this day, most of my music is all Christian. There might be some that I listen to other than Christian, but if I listen to something other than Christian music, it doesn't have a bunch of swearing in it. It's not a dirty song about any dirty thing going on. But I know that if I have certain people with me, that I shouldn't play Sweet Caroline in the car for them. 
They might not like that song. That's my favorite worldly song in all the world, Sweet Caroline. I, I, I know hardly anything about Neil Diamond, but at the end of the day, I love that song. That's my Sweet Caroline right there. It's just it is what it is, and that's just how it is. But if I were to play that for someone in my car, I could be a stumbling block to them. Is music in itself, is music wrong in and of itself? No. Is there wrong music? Yes, there is. But you need the Spirit of God to direct you on what is right and what's wrong. But I also don't want to hinder someone and cause them heartache and help them stumble in their Christian walk. And we could go far down that road. You know, someone says, I like to watch zombie movies and people being killed in them. The Bible doesn't talk about zombie movies, okay? And I have no desire to watch a zombie movie, okay? Maybe I've been married too long to Caroline, so I have no desire. Now, don't get, don't get me wrong. There is no chick flick I want to go watch either. You get that too. We actually the other day saw a movie together that was the perfect balance of both. It was that movie about Kurt Warner and uh, American Underdog. And so there was football, and then there was romance for her. So it was the perfect balance of both right there. But... There are some people and certain things. There might be someone that I, don't, I will not watch killing on TV because God doesn't want me to. Then don't invite their family over and let their kids be playing your video games as their kids are shooting all the zombies. Is it wrong that you shoot all the zombies? You figure that out for yourself. But when you know there's a family who that's not what they do and they don't believe God wants them to do that, don't have your kids and their kids playing shooting zombies together. You see what I'm talking about? We're to help out one another. And that's where, that's, and that's an important thing. And when you, you got to be very careful, and this is a side note, and we're right at the end tonight. When you let your kids go to other kids' houses and things that go on, you need to, you need to have your kid. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very picky about all that stuff. And not, not because I don't trust other people. I talked about this morning. I'm a manager of those kids. God, they are God's kids. And I got to be very careful with the things that they do. And so, and there's nothing wrong, you know, someone, your kids go over to someone's house, you might say, these are things that we just don't do, you know, there's certain things like that, and it might be good to talk about those things, and work on, and then, you know, the other parent might be like, well, these parents are kind of weird, but they can think that, and maybe they will never invite your kids over again, you'll know why, because of what you told them, and things of that nature. You know, you might, some people, I'm, I will not eat shellfish, because the Old Testament says not to, so I will not eat lobster, I will not eat shrimp. Okay, go ahead. Give it to me. Man, that lobster with a little butter sauce, that's good stuff right there. That's heaven right there. And uh, you say, why didn't the Lord let them eat in the Old Testament if it's so good? Because if they ate all of it in the Old Testament, we might not have any today. God was looking out for me. Why didn't they eat pork and pig back in the Bible days? Because maybe all bacon would have been gone, and I wouldn't have been able to have it. So God was being good to me. So I could have bacon still. Although in California, before long, we're not going to be able to even eat bacon because the pigs don't have enough space to breathe or something like that. Letter C, and we're going to end here tonight. We are to walk in consideration of our brother. The whole point, and we look at verse 21, it says, It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. The whole point of this verse is that there are times when we must limit our liberty 
so that we don't hinder a fellow believer in their walk. And, that's, and you say, well, that, then I'm being a hypocrite. You're not being a hypocrite. You're showing your love for them by how you act around them. If Christ has set you free, you're not a hypocrite to do those things. But just because you can do these things doesn't mean you need to flaunt that or you need to be considerate of those other people. Great example of that is one of my favorite old preachers, Charles Spurgeon. Did you know that Charles Spurgeon, he preached to thousands of people in the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London in the 19th century. For most of Charles Spurgeon's life, he was a tobacco user. He smoked the pipe. He did. A good old Baptist preacher with a pipe. Think about that one. One day, Spurgeon was walking through London, and when he passed a tobacco... And you got to understand something, too. Today we have all the commercials, and we have everything telling you how bad tobacco is for you. Back years ago, people did not view tobacco as bad as they do today. That's neither here or there. But what I'm saying is he was in London walking down the street. He passed a tobacco store, and this was the advertisement in the tobacco store. It said, the brand that Spurgeon smokes. When he saw that, he was convicted. And he realized that his liberty might prove to be a hindrance to someone else, and he never smoked again. That's what changed. Because it was the brand that Spurgeon smokes. What a sign to see, right? I would have loved to see him smoke his pipe. But anyways, we'll leave all that out of there. Every believer in this room, every preacher, every teacher, every parent, every choir member, every leader in whatever position God has given you to be, you need to be careful how you live your life. People are watching you. People will be influenced by you and what you do. Your children are watching you. They'll be influenced by what you do. And I pray that every new believer, every young Christian, every young man, Every young woman who comes and makes up in this church will see a godly example set by those that are over them so that they can see how they're supposed to walk for Christ. We have liberties, but those liberties are not there to cause a stumbling block for someone else. And sometimes you've got to put your liberties down a little bit, not because they're wrong, but because you love your brother enough not to hinder them.